everyone. My name is Paige. And my name's Emily. And the two of us are both screaming at the fact that Edward watches Bella sleep every night without her consent. And you are listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. <laughs> so how are you today, Paige? How's your day going? I'm doing great. Um, I brought a sugar-free, glacier-freeze Gatorade to drink during the pod, so I guess you could say my day is blasting. Oh my god. You lined that up perfectly. I once again have a mimosa, which Paige had to listen to me make when we when I first called her because I was not prepared. I encouraged you to make it, so I'm she I'm did. fine with it. She did. She was very supportive. Um so yeah, we're both really fucking glad that the election's over, and we're both glad that he who must not be named did not fucking win. Um, also, let's just make it real fucking crystal clear here. If you're a Trump fan, stop listening to this podcast. Unfollow us on social media. We don't want to hear from you. And we don't want you listening to our shit. You don't deserve it. Retweet. <laughs> um, but just a reminder, everyone, I am so, I'm trying so hard not to make this a political podcast, but you know what? Life is political. And also, I know that our international listeners are probably like, I don't give a fuck about this. Um, so sorry to you guys, but just remember that our work does not stop now, especially because some of the new administration's policies are not actually that progressive. We gotta keep our foot on the gas. That's all. Mm-hmm. Room, room, bitch. Get out of the way. <laughs> Precisely. Okay, so this week we read chapter 14, Mind Over Matter. So, what did you think of this chapter, Paige? I I texted friend of the pod, Emma. I talked to Millie in person. This chapter definitely had some highs, and do I gotta say it had some lows. I, I literally screamed in my kitchen when I read the, the part that we've already talked about, the sleeping part I I can't get over that I'm sorry I cannot get over it yeah I didn't it seemed clear to me that you didn't remember that from the movie because you hadn't commented on it at all and I was like she's got a big storm coming <laughs> I do not remember that from the movie the only thing I remember from the movie is that there is a scene where he's sitting over the bed watching her but I thought that that was after you know like when things were heating up like action-wise, I guess. Like, at this point, you know, she knew he was a vampire. Maybe she was in danger, so he was watching her sleep. I didn't know that it was just for fun. Yeah, I I think I know the scene that you're talking about. There's also a scene in the movie where she wakes up in the middle of the night before they're, like, quote-unquote together and, like, thinks that she sees him standing over her and, like, turns on the light, but then the movie makes it out to be, like, it's a dream, but obviously it's not. Also, sidebar, my cat Mila is literally eating something off the carpet, and I don't know what it is. So this whole time Paige has been talking, I've just been looking at it, like, what the fuck is she eating? I saw this tweet once that was like, cat ownership is just, quote, what do you have in your mouth at all times? Anyways, I once again this week I don't have that, that many notes, but I feel like we are going to get into it, because we do get... Finally, a little bit of detail on Edward's family, which I feel like is the real meat of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Edward drives home because he won the argument at the end of the last chapter to drive home. 
and he's listening to old music from the 50s and singing along and Bella is like okay so are we gonna are we gonna talk about how old you are are we not gonna talk about it and then he gives his origin story um so he explains that he was born in Chicago in 1901 so when this book was published in 2005 that would have made him 104 okay Pretty old, pretty old. Um, what are your thoughts on his age? Because you, I think you had originally predicted that he was, like, in the 20s. So I think you predicted he was a little younger than he, or maybe, did you say the 1800s? I can't remember now. I think I said all of the above. I think <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. I feel like you said that he was, like, on Wall Street in the 20s. That sounds right. Um. So what are your thoughts on his age? Any thoughts? Any reactions? I thought that it was relating to how his age and, like, why he got turned, very poignant. I was just going to say, like, yike to the fact that he was dying in a worldwide pandemic. He caused it an epidemic, but that that was worldwide, wasn't it? I think so. Too real. Yeah, so that was the biggest reaction I had was reading that, and I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And, uh, history repeats itself. Yeah. yeah. So do you think this means that there's a whole new generation of vampires out there right now? Probably. I shudder to think. I just said lock your doors, people, and now I'm like, that's not going to do anything from what I've learned from this fucking chapter. Yeah, for real. Um, and garlic doesn't work on them either. I don't really have any advice. Crucifix. (laughs) Um, why do you think, he kind of says that Carlo picks him because his parents were dead, but do you think there was more to it than that, or what do you think about Carlo's motivations? This whole chapter, Edward paints Carlisle as a very compassionate, caring person, so... If he was feeling lonely and incomplete and he finds a child who's already an orphan at this point, who's dying, I feel like that probably pulled at his his heartstrings a little bit. Honestly, I think it paints him in a very compassionate light. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, There, as you'll see, there is some like. Carlos kind of an onion. There's some stuff about him that you probably won't like if I know you at all, but I find it really interesting that he's literally a doctor and also a vampire. Like, that's kind of insane. Yeah, I agree. Where did Uh, did you find the time to go to medical school? I mean, I can't really answer that yet because it's a spoiler for what we're going to be reading next week. (laughs) Here I am making a joke. I didn't realize it was actually going to be important. But, like, before he found Edward, we don't know how long it was that he was a vampire before that, but what was he doing with his time? You know what I mean? I mean, in 1918, I don't know, rolling a hoop with a stick? (laughs) I kind of want to try that, actually. I don't think it would be very fun. It might be. You don't know. (laughs) Um... What was I going to say? Oh, one of the chapters for next week, we'll talk about this at the end, like we always do, but it's literally called Carlisle, so I don't want to spend too much time, too much time on him, because okay. obviously he will be a heavy subject next week. 
No spoilers, please. That wasn't any. I didn't say anything. Um, well, how, how am I supposed to know? Like, you just totally gave away that the chapter called Carlisle is probably going to do a lot to, have a lot to do with Carlisle. So, <laughs> kind of spoiled it for me, so thanks. Yeah, um, sorry about that. I don't know how else I could have avoided it. <laughs> but anyways, so, Edward talks briefly about the change, but really won't get into details. And Bella kind of thinks to herself that she, this is like a big subject and she needs to think through it. I mean, I'm assuming you interpreted it and that in the way that I think you interpreted it. Hmm. Should I become a vampire? Is this the right field for me? <laughs> Career path. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then after this, he just kind of goes into very briefly, and I will say you get more details on all these. Well, yeah, all of these. Um, very briefly, the origin stories of the rest of his family. So, yeah, I guess I just kind of want your thoughts on all of them. So, Esme falls from a cliff, and Carlisle yeah. rescues her. Um, I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot about her in that part, so I didn't really have a reaction to it. Just an interesting little bit of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he doesn't really talk about Rosalie's. He just says that she was next. Um, but he does kind of get into Emmett's. So Rosalie rescued him um, when he was being murdered. Murdered? <laughs> Bears can't commit murder. Um, when he was being, like, mauled by a bear. What did you think about that one? I thought that it was cool that she, like, I mean, I, I don't know if it says it. But I was just picturing her, like, fighting the bear off herself, like, punching it in the head. And then... <laughs> The bear runs away, and then she has to carry... I'm imagining Emmett as, like, hulking football player-looking guy. I don't know if I'm remembering that from the movie, but that's just what I'm picturing in my head. And then she has to carry him, like... She must be so freaking strong. Yeah, he's described that way, like, as a, a very muscular, muscular, large person. And not only physically strong, Edward um, alludes to this as well, but, like... He probably was covered in blood, and she didn't do anything. You know, that's pretty well, good self-restraint. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of crazy that, like, she knew from just seeing him. I mean, they probably didn't talk at all because he probably wasn't, I'm guessing, he probably wasn't able to talk. So she knew from then that they were, like, meant to be together. Cute. Corny. <laughs> Um, I don't, was this, I don't think this is on record when we talked about this, but you were like, are there any non-problematic couples in this entire book series? And I was like, literally only Emma and Rosalie, and that's it. I think it's because I was talking about it with Danny, and he was just like gagging about everything I said, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, literally everyone in that book is toxic, and then I... <laughs> up to you and you were like yeah there's like one non-toxic relationship <laughs> yes I've come to appreciate their relationship a lot more in my in my older years so you will get more details on them um so next come Alice and Jasper so Jasper Edward just says that he belonged to a very different kind of family and that he became depressed and left and then Alice found him got any theories on what Jasper's situation well, was 
I'm thinking about what I know about this, about Edward's family. And really the only thing that we know about them is that they're a vegetarian family, that they're more humane than other groups or individual vampires. So if that's the only defining feature about them that I know, it leads me to think that maybe Jasper's old family was a little more aggressive. Yeah, I think that's a good theory. I think you're going to be fucking shook in a bad way when you find out. Oh, no. Girl, buckle up. Um, and then Alice. Alice is the most interesting, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel, Paige. Um, I am most excited to find out more about Alice's backstory because I just have a feeling that it was left ambiguous for some kind of big surprise reveal kind of mystery thing and kind of setting you up to be curious about it, which I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. And... First, he talks about her gift. What did you think about that? Did you remember this? Not really, no. Okay, okay. What did you think about this whole reveal? It's hard for me to picture kind of what this gift... Like, how how you would use this practically. Like, I don't know if this is in the past. I don't know if this is in the present. I don't know if this is actually going to happen. I don't know what I can do to make, like, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just thinking about it practically. And I'm like, how, what is Alice doing? Is she okay with this? How is she coping? I would be so stressed out all the time. Like freaking Raven Simone with no, no path on where to go with the information that you have. Yes. I totally agree. And that's another reason I'm excited for you to read Midnight Sun, because as someone who can read minds, Edward knows exactly how this gift works. And it was fascinating because I always like by the end of the series, I think you understand how like the mechanics of it a little bit more. But it was really interesting to hear like exactly how it looks in her brain. There is like um, a five page or maybe even more sequence in Midnight Sun where She's just, like, picturing all these different options or, like, possibilities of one reality, and it's it's really interesting. But um, in response to what you were saying about how is she coping, that's actually really interesting because she literally doesn't know anything else because she woke up into being as this. What do you think about that? That is too much to bear on one person's shoulders not not only first of all not knowing where you are or Or who you are or what you are but then also having these weird visions that you have no idea what they could possibly mean because I'm assuming it's people you've never seen before so what do you even do with that like it's just insane that she was able to overcome that and not as Edward puts it become uh what does he say, feral or, like... Savage. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Why do you think that she doesn't remember her human life at all? Do you have any theories? Hmm. Maybe there's a supernatural element that I don't know about. Memory wiping or something like that. Or maybe she got hit, maybe she got concussed so hard, got hit in the brainstem, I don't know. Yeah, I like both of those. Will... See. So um, at this point, when 
Edward is talking about Alice there back at Bella's house, still sitting in her driveway in her truck. And finally, her motherfucking stomach growls, which, shocker, it's like after dark, and she hasn't eaten all day. I don't know how Bella isn't more upset. At this point, I would be curled up in a ball, so angry, I can't even form words. Yes, I agreed. So they go inside. Well, she, like, invites him in. And, well, actually, before they even go inside, let's just fucking talk about it. We're yeah, there. Are you just going to breeze on by the whole them going inside part? Because I got a couple notes on that. <laughs> I wish I could because I wish it wasn't the reality. So Edward lets Bella into her own fucking house with the key. And she's like, how did you know where that was? And he's like, I have been stalking you. (laughs) He doesn't say that, but that's what's been happening. But Um, then what kills me, very last line on page 292, you spied on me, but somehow I couldn't infuse my voice with the proper outrage. I was flattered. Bella, no, don't encourage this behavior. Yes, it is so toxic. (sighs) It stresses me out. Uh, just like I would think back on my life since I moved if I was Bella I would think back on my life since I moved to Forks and be like oh my god that one time I did that one fucking really embarrassing thing where I twerked in front of the mirror and like he probably saw like I would think about every single moment you know I would think about every day that I change out of my dirty school clothes and just leave my underwear just like on the ground, you know, like those days where you're just like not in the mood to do anything and you're just your raw, gross person. Mm -hmm. Has he seen my dirty bra laying on my bed that I sleep with sometimes? Has he seen it? I don't know. Bruh, for real. I can't, I can't even wrap my brain around the possibilities of being upset right now. Yes. I don't even know. I have nothing to add. I'm just like, this is so toxic and not okay. It is stalker behavior. Yeah, this isn't Britney Spears toxic. This is barrel of raw sewage toxic. Yeah, this is radioactive toxic. I'm reading a book about Rocky Flats right now. It's called Full Body Burden, recommended by... Actually, not even recommended, literally given to me, lent to me by friend of the pod, Remy. I read that my um, when I worked for the um, the professor at um, CSU, I worked for her. And that was one of the books that she wanted to use in her curriculum. So she had me read the whole thing and take notes for her. And God damn, that book is fucked up. That shit that was happening right in our fucking neighborhood. And I literally never even heard about this shit. Mm-hmm. yeah seriously yeah one of the like not rocky flats itself but one of the other areas in denver that was used to store stuff is now dick sporting goods park which in case you weren't aware is where the professional soccer organization of colorado plays and outside of the stadium are multiple soccer fields that are used by high schoolers and club soccer players including myself for years my sister too Shook it to the core. Anyways, no one cares about this. They're all like, skip, skip the 15 second ahead, skip. But y'all should read up on what's been going on in your neighborhood because this has happened everywhere. 
I mean, not everywhere, but lots of places in the in the United States and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, you should watch Dark on Netflix, except not the third season because it was trash. Just pretend it ends at the second season, but like before the last ten minutes of it. <laughs> but it's about okay. nuclear shit. Okay. Have you heard of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> the fact that you said that with a straight face. Are they mutant because of radioactive shit? I think so. I'm shook. I didn't know that. I've never actually consumed any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle media. I just know of them. Hi, Tina. What's good? good. <laughs> Her face was suddenly just like in my line of vision. Her body was right near the microphone, and she made a Tina sound. So that might be in the in the content. I hope it is. We need more of that. Look how happy she is! My God, I love her. I want to give her a big Tina hug. Anyways, <laughs> after all of that, um, we're back <laughs> at the fact that Edward stalks Bill. Just remember, it's not okay. So, Bella only gets mad at him when she finds out that he has overheard her sleep talking. I'm like, of all the things to be mad about, sister, yeah. you picked this? But whatever. <laughs> um, so, he ends up admitting that she says his name in her sleep a lot, and but tries to make her feel better by saying, if I could dream at all, it would be about you, and I'm not ashamed of it. Then her dad rolls up to cock block. Gotta love that. Um, and he's like, should I? And he, she's like, uh. And he's like, peace. <laughs> and leaves. But not really, because he just goes upstairs, as we find out later. So Charlie comes in, and Bella's just like, scoot, 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 scoot. Here's some lasagna. Scoot, scoot. <laughs> I'm sorry, I would never be able to. I mean, I could eat my lasagna that fast, but I want to savor my lasagna. Also, I lasagna right out of the microwave and burned my tongue so bad. So, I mean, I think she says it that she burned her tongue. So I'm like, yeah, you did, sis. You ate it too fast. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I was like, I could not scald my tongue. Like, when she said that it scalded her tongue, I was like, ah! Because I, I felt it, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's so many layers, and they're all different temperatures. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, I just want to say that Paige makes... I've never tasted it, but I've seen pictures, and it is Instagram-worthy lasagna. Thank you. And it's gluten-free. Yeah, and it's delicious, so. What if you opened up a lasagna restaurant? I would be 800 pounds. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I would never be able to stop myself. Yeah, I drive by this. I don't know why I think this is funny. You might not think it's funny. But I drive by this place every day that I go to work. And it's just, I forget what it's called. I should look it up. But it literally is like the name of the restaurant. And then underneath it says Pizza Ravioli. I'm like, okay, that's so specific. We only make two things. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Uh, So... Anyways, Bella's scoot scooting, um, and Charlie gets kind of suspicious. He's like, mm, "What's the deal? What's 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 cracking? Uh, who you dating?" <laughs> Which we've all had this conversation with our dads, and it was horrible every time, was it not? The most conversation I had in general with my dad about this topic was 
one time I was going over to a friend's house and he was like, so you're going to a high school gathering? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, three rules, no alcohol, no drugs, no sex. And I was like, all right, well, pretty sure none of the people going are going to do that. So that's cool. And then that was the most we ever talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, also, listeners, my heat is about to turn on. And I live in an older house, so it's kind of loud. So if you hear it, don't be alarmed. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, the fact that he said high school gathering. <laughs> like, you should have been like, no, I'm going to a senior citizen gathering. <laughs> He may have said party, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that we were just, I think it was me and like four other people and we were going to watch paranormal activity. That's so funny. Um, Yeah, I did not. I don't know if I went to any parties in high school. I wasn't cool enough. It'd be like that sometimes. (laughs) But who's laughing now? Who has a Twilight podcast? Me and Paige. Not all the rest of y'all. So whenever we go to reunion, who's going to be winning? Paige and I. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Emily. I don't know if I want to go to the reunion. I don't know if I want to see those, <laughs> those people. Me neither, but I also got hot. So I'm kind of like, I feel like I have to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I would really like to go back now that butts are in season instead of boobs. Because the butt is where it's at for me. Tea. So anyways, Charlie is asking Bella, like, if she's into any of the boys in town, and Bella just dead-ass lies. I love that she's like, I was careful not to overemphasize the word boys in my quest to be truthful with Charlie. I'm like, just because he's a vampire doesn't mean he's not your boyfriend. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) But anyways, he brings up Mike Newton, and Bella's like, no, I'm not into anyone. And she's like, okay, anyways, bye. Um, And she thinks that he thinks that she's sneaking out. So she gets back up to her room. And I'm sorry, this is pure comedy to me. The fact that she goes to the window and is like, Edward? And he's literally laying on her bed and he's like, yeah. (laughs) I, I would be, I would pee so hard if that happened, like, I am always 100% of the time prepared for a home intruder in my home, like, I am, I've told Millie this before, I want, I want there to be a fake intruder just to see what I do, like, I can't, I can't know that it's fake, because then I won't take it seriously, I have to think that it's real, to see if I could, in theory, fight off an intruder. Because I'm always, like, my brain is always thinking, like, there might be someone waiting in your room. There might be someone waiting in the bathroom. There might be someone waiting over there. So it's always going through it. So if this were to happen, if suddenly there's a a person in my room that I didn't know was there, who knows the fury I would unleash. Who knows? Maybe I would pee. Maybe I would attack. I don't really know. Listen, people, all I'm saying is you should support us on Patreon, if nothing else, than to get Paige a ring doorbell so that she can finally be at peace, because that's insane. This is a perfect opportunity for us to um, segue into our ad on Simply Safe. Simply Safe is... (laughs) 
Simply safe, sponsor us. Maybe I'll just call their headquarters and be like, I heard you do podcasts. I'm afraid. Please send me cameras. <laughs> For real. Uh, so Bella takes it well. She just is kind of like, <laughs> but then she gets over it. Um, so then at that point, she's like, all right, well, I got to peace out and go brush this lasagna out my teeth, which is very relatable. So she goes and takes a shower and does the whole thing, which as someone with like a 20 minute nightly routine, I'm like, yes, finally something that speaks to me. You got to do your skincare. You got to do this. You got to do that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's funny when she's like, damn it. I have those nice pajamas and I didn't bring them. I... I know the feeling because most of my pajamas are garbage clothes that I've stolen from men. Yeah, I'm literally wearing a pajama shirt right now, and it is a UFC um, shirt that used to be my dad's, so that's where I'm at. My pajama shirt that I'm wearing right now, it's a um, CSU construction management shirt that someone left in the Chipotle lobby, and I took it. Oh my god, why did someone leave their shirt in the lobby? Were they not wearing a shirt? There was some kind of event, like a big group of people came in and they all had the same shirt, like loose, that I'm assuming they got from the event. And then once someone left their shirt and no one came to get it, so I took it. And let me tell you, it's really comfortable because it's like a men's extra large. Love that for you. Love Mm -hmm. it. Um, So Bella goes back into her room. In her shabby pajamas. I love the word shabby. We've got to use it more. I feel like the Brits use it a lot. Or, yeah. Just everyone in Great Britain, I feel like, uses the word shabby. It's in Harry Potter a lot. So maybe that doesn't mean they use it a lot. But just that one British person who we will not mention the name of uses it a lot. But I don't even know who you're talking about. You know the author of Harry Potter. No, I know. I just wanted to oh. not even no. acknowledge that person's presence. Um, but if you live in the UK, write in. Tell us if you use the word shabby or not. Mm-hmm. That was me drinking my mimosa. So, um, the rest of this chapter is basically just them, like, lying in bed together, basically. I was going to get to this later, but you know what? I'm already on the subject, so I'm going to get to it now. I am disgusted that he lays under her covers fully clothed. I, that is, like, one of the grossest things to me. And it was gross before there was a worldwide pandemic. It's even grosser now. I'm like, get that shit out of my bed. In college, you know how, like, in college there wasn't, like, really furniture? So, like, your bed was your furniture and, like, people would sit on it? I would not let people sit on my bed. <laughs> I was like, you can sit on the floor if you want. <laughs> I've, I'm just wondering, is he wearing his shoes? Because that makes <laughs> I quit. This podcast is over. <laughs> Listen, I know he's a vampire. He probably doesn't sweat. Whatever, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Those clothes have still been outside. And in nature, no less. He could have he could have a tick in there. Do not. Oh my god. I need to be left alone for a few minutes. <laughs> like, that is so gross. I... I don't know what the alternative is because Bella can't exactly give him clothes to change into. <laughs> I mean, 
You're right. You're right. I'm like, could you not just like go into the laundry room? I'm sure there's like a Charlie Charlie shirt in there that you could just like borrow for the night and he wouldn't even notice. Come on. Come on. Just like run back to his home at breakneck speed, get comfy clothes, and then come back. I mean, come on. It's 2005. Yes, you would think so. But you know if that was even suggested, Bella would be like, don't leave. And everyone would be like, I will. You're right. You're right. I can't argue with that. Yuck. Okay. Beyond all that, um, Bella tells Edward that Charlie thinks she's sneaking out. And he's like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) Um... Basically, Bella asks Edward, like, why it's easier for him to, like, be around her now. Um, And he basically, I don't even really know how to, like, condense this into an explanation. But essentially what he's saying is, like, this afternoon that they just spent together, he, like, overcame his issue with it. Like, he's over the hill. Good. I mean... Who knows how much more touching there's going to be now, but I guess good. Yeah, I am very casually just skipping over all of it. Because I'm like, first of all, who cares? <laughs> Second of all, doesn't add anything to our conversation at all. Third of all, on page 299, Stephanie Meyer literally typed out the word mmm with six M's, which I did not appreciate. <laughs> I didn't even notice, but yeah, me neither. <laughs> Yuck. Okay. Um, and then uh, I'm skipping ahead to page 302. Edward says, I'm trying. If it gets to be too much, I'm fairly sure I'll be able to leave. Um, I'm literally just like skimming this because I'm like, what's relevant? (laughs) So then Bella's like, so you're in a good mood, like more happy than usual which I'm like that's not hard to do considering how crabby he was for like the first 297 pages of this book yeah but he's like isn't it supposed to be like this first love or whatever and then he talks about how he underestimated his jealousy and that's he kind of explains that that's how he realized that he cared about Bella and that's the first night he came to stalk her because Um, it was when all the boys asked her out to the dance and he got jealous. And then, um, as he was like watching her sleep, she said his name in her sleep. And that's when he was like, yeet. I, all I'm going to say is, I think that the girl that you barely talked to should be allowed to have the privacy to say your name while she's sleeping without you know about it. That's all I'm going to say. Like, that's her own private time. You shouldn't be listening to her words then. Just because she's saying them doesn't mean she's saying them for you to hear, i.e. because she's asleep. And also, you barely know her. And also, you broke into her home. Yes. And also, I feel like he does it particularly because he cannot read her mind, which I'm like, okay, well, you don't have a right or an ownership claim to it. So shouldn't even be reading. I mean, I know that he doesn't have control, but if he could read Bella's mind, he would. 
Yeah. He He would go out of his way to do it. Yep. He would. And <clears throat> I know that this is not the case in Bella's situation because she is like in love with him, whatever. But I just want to say I dream about randos I haven't thought about in six years. I don't talk in my sleep, but if I was Bella, I probably would like say their names or say something about them. And then my vampire stalker would be like, oh my God, she's in love with insert name here. And I'd be like, I literally forgot they existed until I had that dream. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throw that out there. That, like, the very first night, he's like, oh, my God, she loves me, too, just because he said her name out loud. She said his name out loud. Yeah, I, if, Edward, if I could tell you about the things I dreamed about, I think you would take this information with less seriousness. Retweet. So then he's like, I was jealous just now when Charlie asked you about Mike Newton. And Bella's like, oh, oh, you want to talk jealousy? You want to talk jealousy? I just found out that Carlisle wanted you to be in love with Rosalie, the hottest person I have ever laid eyes on in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I also would be pissed if I found this out. Like, I'm just, before, like, obviously Nikki Reed is very beautiful, the actress who plays Rosalie. I just picture, like, almost like a Victoria's Secret model. You know? But anyways, yeah, I just feel like that's what I picture, like, a swimsuit, like, a Sports Illustrated or, like, Victoria's Secret, like, swimsuit model when I picture Rosalie. So I, all that is to say, if I was Bella, I'd be rattled. If I was anyone in that school, I would be rattled. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Uh, um, and then Edward, when Bella says this, is like, there's no competition, and Bella's like, between me and her? Yeah, I know. That's the problem. <laughs> Which is so relatable. <laughs> but Edward's like, he goes on a whole monologue about how he has been living this whole time looking for Bella and not finding her because she wasn't alive yet. And then he talks about how, this is on page 305, because um, Bella's like, well, you had to wait so long, and I didn't. And he's like, oh, yeah, this isn't hard for you at all. You only have to, his exact quote is, turn your back on nature, on humanity. Do you feel like that's all harsh? What do you think about that? I think it's a little harsh, but also I kind of, I can see it on her turning her back on nature. I can see that more than the humanity part because, you talked about this a couple episodes ago that Edward sort of has exudes this like I am a danger you should stay away from me kind of a vibe like poison dart frogs having the color the bright colors to keep keep things away from them um so the fact that Bella is attracted to him kind of does go against nature it's she shouldn't be drawn in but she is so it is sort of her turning her back on nature that that's how I interpreted that so I can kind of see it humanity is like that that's a little harsh to me yeah yeah I think I agree with that I don't know I just sometimes I'm like this is her decision like let's not forget that at Edward you know what I mean like maybe not be an asshole about it (laughs) yeah but I think you're right I think you're right in that like it is a little bit against human nature just because like they're set up to be predator and prey 
which she talks about a little bit later on too. So then Charlie shows up to see if Bella's sneaking out and um, she pretends to be asleep. Edward hides. I'm like picturing him like in the closet. (laughs) For some reason, I thought that he was in bed with her the whole time. And I thought that maybe she like just pulled the cover over and then pretended like they were just like one big human or big, huge person. But then I was like, he's a police officer. He probably can see past that horrible like. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be funny though. (laughs) It's a funny picture in my brain. Um, So he sees that she's in bed and he moves on. Um, This is so awkward when Bella's like, I don't want to go to sleep, or I can't sleep with you here. And then Edward's like, so if you don't want to sleep, dot, dot, dot. If I don't want to sleep, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, oh my god. Literally, I'm so uncomfortable. And this is about to come up later, so I won't say anything else. But So Bella asks a few more questions. Um, she asks him why her his family chooses not to um, like kill humans. And he says, just because we've been dealt a certain hand doesn't mean that we can't choose to rise above, to conquer the boundaries of a destiny that none of us wanted, to try to retain whatever essential humanity we can. I think that's interesting, especially the part about none of us wanted. That's very interesting to me. Yeah, trying to make the best out of a bad situation, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like with superheroes, there's sometimes an element of, like, none of us wanted this. But then there are some that, like, they did want it. You know what I mean? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Are you saying that the Collins are superheroes? No, but I think that there's a lot of parallels between them and villains, too. Just because they're so beyond, like, the normal human. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how... Like, we've just learned basically all their origin stories, even though if we don't know exactly how, you know, all the details, like, they, none of them signed up for it, but I'm thinking about how, and obviously I know, but, like, how some people probably did sign up for it and were first in line to become a vampire, you know? It's interesting. Interesting. Sleep on that, honey. Sweaty. Um, so then Bella asks about how some of them have special powers and some of them don't. And Edward explains that Carl, Carlisle believes Carl. Can you imagine his name is Carl? Like the guy from Jimmy Neutron. I'm picturing the same Carl. (laughs) Um, Carl has a theory that they bring their strongest human traits with them into vampires so Carlisle's is compassion, Esme is passionate, ability to live passionately, Emmett's strength. He's rude about Rosalie, so I'm going to skip it. <laughs> Jasper has the ability to um, basically manipulate feelings and emotions of people who he is near. What did you think about this? It made me think of, like, what is it called? in D&D where you're really good at talking like that's that's your uh, it's killing me I don't know, charisma or something like that but it's basically like you're able to convince other people to do things or 
you just have a way with words so much that people believe you, you can lie, like you can influence people to do things. That's kind of what I felt about that. Like he's just, he's so charismatic that he can kind of get people to do what he wants to do just by being a person to talk to. Does it have a connotation for you, positive, negative, or neutral? I think it depends on the person wielding it. I would say it mostly probably gets used for evil, but I think that it could be good in the hands of a good person. But in, like, for example, I play Skyrim a lot, and when you have a high speech, um, like, perk rate, you can convince guards to let you do crimes you can lie and get out of situations you can persuade people to do things like it all has a kind of a negative connotation with all those things so I would say instinctively I think negative but I think maybe it could be positive what do you think it is in Jasper's case knowing absolutely nothing about him um well he came from that family that I'm thinking maybe is evil or bad um, so maybe it started off bad, but maybe he uses it for good now. We'll see. Because he's different from them. All right. All right. I like it. Folks, write in, but only address it to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was, I was talking with about this with friend of the pod, Remy, the other day, where I was like, it's weird how when people message us on social media, they don't know which of us is responding. And I'm like, should we sign it? And then I was like, no, you got to keep the mystery alive. Yeah. Sometimes it's both of us. That's yeah. not true. It's never Actually, it has, I feel like it has been like once or twice. You'll never know. You'll never know. You can guess. We may tell you if you're right. We may not. <laughs> so then Bella's next question is, and I'm so curious to hear like your stance on this. I literally wrote curious on pages stance on the evolution thing, because you, like, have a degree in archaeology. What do you think about this? Wait, should I, should I explain it for our listeners who don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Bella, yeah, Bella asks, like, how did vampirism start, essentially? And Edward responds, well, where did you come from? Evolution? Creation? Couldn't we have evolved in the same way as other species, predator and prey? Or if you don't believe that all this world could have just happened on its own, which is hard for me to accept myself, is it so hard to believe that the same force that created the delicate angel fish with the shark, the baby seal, and the killer whale could create both our kinds together? The the evolution theory is interesting, but if vampires don't die, well, I guess I guess mostly it has to do with passing your positive traits on so if the vampires are having lots of vampire babies I from what we what we've learned all of these people we don't know about Carlisle but all of these people were created they weren't born the way that they are so I don't know if the evolution thing would work that way but uh no spoilers but there I've heard that there is a some kind of a vampire baby somewhere down the line so I'll be interested to see how that plays out but I know that there's been a lot of biblical talk so it almost makes more sense that it would be like a more of a creation story than of an evolution story for me just because for natural selection to be 
a pressure you have to have like reproduction and um passing your traits on i like the concept but i don't know if it's practical interesting do you think that the act of creation could not fill in for reproduction like the act of creating of one vampire creating another sorry i should have specified I when I say when I was saying creation being the explanation, I meant more so like creationism, like biblical esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I in terms of the evolution theory, mm-hmm. you're saying that it's probably not feasible because if there's not reproduction present. So my question for you is, does transforming humans into vampires could it fill in as reproduction? I think it could, but how would the first vampire come about? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> because if, if I think that it could fill the place of reproduction, but then how is the first vampire even in existence to then create other vampires? Is it maybe that, I don't mean to be like gross, but like, Somehow, somewhere along the line, a human found sustenance. I don't even know if that's possible, though. I was going to say found sustenance in another human's blood. Hmm. But I don't know if that's possible because you would need solid food. So that doesn't really make sense. I think we're putting a lot of thought into something that maybe doesn't need it. (laughs) I know, but that's what this podcast literally is. I I guess it's also possible that there could be some sort of mutation where it was a homo sapien that had some kind of mutation that somehow through further mutations and further um like family lines could turn into vampirism. But vampirism in of itself seems very supernatural to me, and it's just hard for me to wrap my head around genetic mutations turning into a whole supernatural sect, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree with you. I was just kind of trying to explore the possibility. The science of vampirism, if you will. Yeah, the science of vampirism, exactly. I also, like, think... My own religious beliefs aside, I think that, like, creationism makes more sense in this case. But does it? Because why would... I mean, unless you subscribe to the theory that, like, God is not actually... What people define as, quote-unquote, God is not actually, like, um, beneficent. Why would he create, like, what is inherently an evil presence? Unless you don't think vampires are an evil presence. Because I guess they're not, like, well, they kind of are, I'm, I'm flip-flopping with myself because I'm like, other things, other things that could be claimed created by a deity could kill humans, right? Plenty of things. That's true, that's true. But they don't exist, like, their existence doesn't rely on killing humans. That's a very good point. I mean, there are animals that get sustenance from blood. True. That's true. So it's not outlandish that it could have been some sort of genetic mutation thing that through years of I don't I don't know. I I I don't know. This is 
a complex question I wasn't prepared to answer. <laughs> Me neither. And the champagne's hidden. But I don't know. It's just interesting to me. I had another point. What was it? Oh, I just feel like another aspect probably, I mean, if you're talking Christian creationism, um, I don't want to speak out of turn in terms of what other religious traditions believe in terms of creationism, because I am not too familiar with the finer details. But at least with Christian creationism, there's that whole aspect of free will, which obviously... I guess not obviously, but you would assume that vampires are close enough to humans that they would have free will, right? I think that they could, but like if you take Alice, for example, Edward said that she wakes up, she doesn't even know who she is, what she is, that if she didn't have her hidden special talent, she probably would have turned into some kind of crazy, savage animal. So... Do they have free will if they're not even aware of what they... I mean, I guess Alice is a special case. You know, Edward and most of his siblings had Carlisle to kind of show them along the way. But if you don't have that, do you have free will? Are you just... Does the vampirism inside of you take over? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I unintentionally, like brought us into a territory that is like a huge question of this book and something that characters fight over. So I didn't really mean to do that. I just kind of thinking out loud. It's interesting though. I just like, I agree that I'm repeating myself at this point, but I agree that the creationism makes more sense, but I'm kind of like, would God create vampires? (laughs) that's what it comes down to for me I'm like "Mm, I don't know about that I mean this is all a fictional book (laughs) but you know have you ever played sims yeah a long time ago sometimes you do things just to just to be a dick (laughs) (laughs) Paige just got struck by lightning everyone (laughs) the last episode of the pod (laughs) live (laughs) Struck by lightning live. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And it's interesting. I mean, there's the whole Mormon dynamic, which, as I have stated multiple times, I don't know enough about Mormonism to really, really talk on it. But I'm like, what was Stephanie thinking? Like, which one does she believe? You know? I'm guessing the creationism since she's so religious. But I wonder how she reconciles that in her brain. Probably by just realizing that this is a work of fiction. <laughs> oh, uh, minute, it's not real. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, so, at that point, Bella's like, I have one more question. And then she's like, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> and then Edward forces her. Is that really loud motorcycle? Anyway, Edward forces her to ask it, and she's like, she doesn't say it, but oh my god, I my note for this is L M F A O O O O girl dot dot dot. She basically is like, could we have sex? <laughs> like that's not what she's saying, but that's what she's saying, you know? Like someday. I, 
you know, the whole very last bit, I'm just like, they're, they're such teenagers in this moment. Like, it's, it's just, it really takes me back. Yeah. Yeah, this brings me back to before, I think it was our last episode that came out, before you knew exactly how old Edward was, where I was like, he's, you know, whatever, and now you know he's 104, but I'm like, but he's 17. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Bella asks if, quote-unquote, marriage is the same for vampires as it is for humans, and he says, yes. Um... And then Bella says, I did wonder about you and me someday. And he's basically like, perhaps not because I could literally kill you on accident by being too close to you. Um, and then he's like, he basically asks her if she's a virgin, which I'm like, none of your business. What'd you say? He straight up asks her for sure. Yeah, have you ever dot dot dot? I'm like, is anyone going to use the word sex? That's how, I feel like that's how you know that they're like teenagers, because they're not like saying the word. <laughs> but I, who, am I, who am I to judge? I love, I mean, I love the thought that, not that I love the thought, but just how horrible would it be to be 17 years old for 104 years and I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know if they talk about it, but if we're it's kind of assuming that Ed, or that Bella was Edward's first kiss, I'm guessing he's probably a virgin too. 104 years just being a 17-year-old with no one to kiss or whatnot. How rough. Yeah, it's, that's horrific. Um, so then Bella's like, um, obviously, yes, I told you I didn't feel like this about anyone before. And he's like, well, you don't have to, like, love someone to have sex with them. And she's like, she basically says, well, you do for me. And then she's like, well, do you find me sexy? (laughs) God, this is, like, such a high school conversation that I'm like, I feel like I need to leave. Like, I feel like an old person reading it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's cringy, but also I'm like, I feel like I've had this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, probably same. I've repressed and blocked out so much of high school, but I feel like deep down in there, there's a memory of me having this conversation. I, Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. This did not happen to me in high school because I had no game in high school. So this is, my memories of this happening were not in high school, but you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I'm like, high school, early college, same same shit, different day, right? There we go. Um, and he's like, his response is, I may be human. I may not be a human, but I am a man. I hate when men, like, dance around stuff when they don't, like, just come out and say it. Not that Edward does that a lot, but I'm like, I hate when you're like, am I pretty? And they're like, just, you know... Like, I can't even think of a good example right now. But when they don't say, like, yes, you're pretty, when they're, like, all the stars in the sky or whatever. <laughs> just, like, just fucking answer the question. I, I I don't know if it's if it's that people are afraid to be vulnerable, especially men, because that's just the way that things are. Like, men can't be sweet. Men can't be like that. So I wonder if it has something to do with that. 
Yeah, I think it definitely does. And I'm not trying to be hard on men in this. I'm just like, I hate that society has conditioned us to be this way. Yeah. So at that point, Edward's like, you should go to sleep. And he starts humming an unfamiliar lullaby. And Bella falls asleep in his cold arms. So that's the end of the chapter. So next week we're back on our bullshit with two chapters. Um, as I mentioned earlier, well, the first one's called The Colons, and the second one is called Carlisle. <laughs> Any predictions? Okay. This might be a stretch. <laughs> I'm going to guess first chapter is about The Colons, and second chapter is about Carlisle. I... In all seriousness, I have been waiting for the goddamn baseball scene for eons. I, I I can't remember if that happens, like, the first time they hang out or what, but I just need to, I need to read the baseball scene. I gotta do it. Supermassive black hole starts playing. <laughs> Aggressively. I, I, need, I need it. SpongeBob voice. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so do you think the baseball scene's going to happen in this? What do you think else is going to happen in this? I don't think that the baseball scene is going to happen. I just, I don't really remember. But I feel like there's, if I remember from the movie, there's something where she's kind of in their kitchen or something, chatting with them. I just... I, I would never go to a function at my boyfriend's family without, like, knowing them first. That gives me such anxiety. Like, hey, you're going to come meet my family. Oh, but by the way, it's going to be at a baseball game, so be prepared to do sport. I I would not be able to handle the stress of performance as well as the stress of meeting my boyfriend's family. Couldn't, it would be a lot. So I'm thinking that maybe the chapter about the Collins won't necessarily be the baseball scene. Maybe will come a little later. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Also as an Enneagram type three, I would just like to say that that would be my dream way to meet my boyfriend's family because I could achieve at something and make myself seem worthy in their eyes. <laughs> Look up the Enneagram if you don't know it. It'll change your life. I'm a two. Yep. That's how it be, folks. <laughs> so I guess that's the end of our episode today. Uh, didn't mean to get so philosophical, but also... At, at least we contributed something useful to the, <laughs> to the larger dialogue on the Twilight universe. I did homework for like four hours today, and this is the most I used my brain in the whole day. See? Don't tell my anatomy professor. She'll be upset. <laughs> oh, so we'll be back, as I said, next week with chapters 15 and 16 of Twilight. In the meantime, um, you can follow us on social. We're on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight and on Twitter at Taft Pod, T A F T Pod. Um, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. And we haven't mentioned this in a while, but we want to make sure that it stays top of mind for everyone that the Quillies are still a very worthy group of your support, your word of mouth, 
your donations if you have them, if not just your ability to share them with your networks. Um, so their website that you can donate to or share is mthg.org. Move to Higher Ground is what it stands for. And if you have any feedback for us or anything you want shared on the pod or just want to chat with one or both of us, mystery, you can DM us on any of those um, social networks I mentioned earlier. You can also email us at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. I think that's all. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>